Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We are promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. That's what we try to do every week, all the time, empowering you, our listeners, to knowing, being, and impacting the world around you. That's what we do. That's what we hear. That's why we're glad that you're here with us every week. Uh, we're excited because every day is a new day, and we're just glad to be about it. Uh, as always, you're welcome to join us in this illuminating journey. There's several ways you can do, though, do so. <laughs> I can't talk this morning. It's early. No, seriously. Uh, you can call the number 347-237-5230. That's the number to call if you want to get your thoughts, insights, inspirations, commentary on the air. You can also join our live chat room. Go to blogtalkradio.com uh, slash zero today. You'll see the chat. You can get it there. It is open. It's running, so you can get your thoughts in on there. You can follow us on Twitter at Prophesy. That's my personal Twitter page at Prophesy. Uh, uh, join our ZY network on Facebook, and you see uh, archive shows from, from I don't know how long ago, <laughs> but plenty of love them. Um, and if you have any other questions or commentary, <coughs> excuse me, that you want to get to, um, you can send me an email, my personal email, pastorlorenzoneal at gmail.com. Check out our, our website, lorenzotneal.com. And other places, other places we are, we will be, and we are not yet. <laughs> so we're glad to be with you. Today we're going to be talking about women's role. It is Women's History Month. And so I figured might as well talk about women in the church. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Why are women's roles still um, relegated to the the back of leadership when women run the church? We know who runs the church. 
women run the church. So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. Uh, so we want to indulge you in our dialogue. Or you indulge us in our commentary or dialogue, however you want to see it. We invite you to join us this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we go any further. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, for your loving kindness that allowed us to experience this day that you have made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. Now let the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, you know I like to start off with with uh, interesting stories. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, church never fails to amaze me. I always, I always have fun when it comes to church because there's always something, ways, something. And when I say it's something, I mean it, it literally is always something going on. So here's a story. There is a church in Panama City Beach, Florida, called the Tabernacle. The Tabernacle is an interdenominational church. It is, um, you know, one of those. I, I I suppose it's one of those newfangled secret churches, relevant churches. So you know, they're not affiliated with a denomination, so they make their stuff up as they go. Now I say that not to offend, but it's just reality, you know. They make it up as the go, whatever. However, the the wave of culture flows is how they do it. So, uh, they have a youth group, like most churches have youth groups, and it's spring break. And like most churches that have some kind of event for spring break, they have one. Except this spring break is <laughs> called uh, anything but clothes. Spring break amnesia. That's now. This is, I'm looking at the flyer here. You can. I got this from the old black church. You know, you visit the website there, oldblackchurchblogspot.com, and you'll see it. But here's the thing: it's anything but clothes. Tonight, the tabernacle and gives the address, and it's called amnesia. Spring break amnesia. So this is a youth ministry. Okay, and. Their spring break theme for the youth ministry of this church is anything but clothes. Now you tell me how in the world is that? How in the world is that holy? How how is that drawing people to Christ? All right, welcome back. We had a difficulty with technology. Somehow we lost the signal, so I'm having to do this um, the old-fashioned way. <laughs> yeah. So before I was so rudely cut off and um, blasted, we we were talking about this this nightclub thing. So let me backpedal for a bit because of you know we lost that disconnection and I lost my train of thought. So let me go back. And let's try to uh, back that. Okay, so before I got cut off, we were talking about this church called the Tabernacle, which is located in Panama City Beach, Florida, that has a youth ministry. And apparently spring break is coming up, so the youth ministry is sponsoring a spring break uh, event. And the title of the spring break event is Anything But Clothes, Spring Break Amnesia. Now... (laughs) 
This is affiliated with the church, okay? Uh, and the question was, what is this? Is this a nightclub event? Because you're saying anything but clothes, and it's a church. So which is it? So uh, as, as many people did, I, I was one of the many inquirers to, to seek out information and truth about this thing, right? So this is what, you know, of course, when you, by, now you, by the time you go to their website, uh, uh, Tabernacle Church website, by the time you go to it now, uh, they they broke the Internet. <laughs> they broke the website, so you can't access it. The website is down. But there's so many inquiries about this. But anyway, I called it before it was shut down, and here's the ad, okay? It was posted uh, earlier this week. And the ad is, uh, tonight we want to see your artistic side, so come express yourself at the Tabernacle. Party, spring break, 2K15, blah, 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 all that stuff. Uh, and they give the address. It's going to be a lituation. Yeah. So uh, the thing was, anything but clothes. <laughs> so what it was, and this is what I gathered from and inferred from before they shut the website down, you know. You know, it's you come and not only are you celebrating Jesus and you're listening to, you know, all this good music and fellowshipping, but you can paint yourself, you know, the art you know, the self paint stuff you put on your body to paint. And that's what they were trying to say it was. Anything but clothes, you know, you the glitter paint and all that stuff. But the question was, uh, the Bay County and uh People in the Bay County, where the church is located, were asking, uh, "What's really going on?" Because this is a uh, the the name of the the name of the thing um, is what they, what what they said is that by day it's a church, and then at night it's a youth ministry. <laughs> I'm laughing at it because. Uh, there's a nightclub inside the church. That's what that. That's the way it's at. It's being advertised as a nightclub for kids. And so, the people who were defending this were saying that this is a this is a a a center. This is a place, an environment where the young people can come and feel safe and and feel you know not feel intimidated, not feel it, it can be themselves. Whatever themselves is or are, I don't know which is a proper grammar. Okay, but the whole point of the fact is the advertising of this thing. When you look at it, <laughs> the picture it has two <laughs> two women on there in gold, uh, a paint. I don't know what it is, but and they're they it is it appears as if they're nude or semi nude. <laughs> And this is the advertisement for the church. Clearly put the tabernacle on there, and the tabernacle is affiliated with the church. Again, the life center church, the tabernacle, and the tabernacle is the youth ministry side of the – I don't know. It's getting confusing. It, it just – it gets confusing. So I want to hear your thoughts about that. Uh, you know, I when I, was, when I was a teenager, there were churches that sponsored dances, you know, and they played uh, contemporary music. And, you know, a lot of the preachers didn't have a problem with it because, again, it was a way for allowing the kids to have that kind of exposure and was sponsored by a church. 
and and you know they play they did play the contemporary gospel music too that you could dance to, but you know they also played the music that we we knew we looked, but they didn't play N.W.A. or nothing like that. And then there was a place in Chicago that was a teen nightclub in Chicago that I went to one time, and was you know again the environment I guess it was the same as a as a regular nightclub, but they played gospel music. You know, you, you know, it, it was the same kind of atmosphere. They had drinks that were non-alcoholic. You got to bring your date and all that good stuff. It was, you know, it was that. But they didn't advertise it like, you know, hey, come half naked and get your party on. Uh, hey, but, but then again, what do I know? I'm just a southern preacher. I don't, I don't know anything. <laughs> don't know nothing. <laughs> But anyway, so that's that's one story that I thought was very interesting. And the other story, of course, is um, that you know, you heard about this uh, Sigma Alpha Epsilon. I think I got that right. Fraternity uh, on the University of Oklahoma campus, and by now you've seen the video, you've heard all the apologies from the parties involved. And it's just interesting to me how folks are still trying to say that racism isn't dead. Racism is dead. We're in a post-racial society, and yet you have these teenagers, these young adults who uh, not only are they in college to learn, but they're <laughs> you can tell that they were so free in expressing what they didn't consider to be racist because the word nigger is said so so much in the music that they listen to. Now, if you're not aware of that, you know, uh, for example, we think, you know, rap music is listened to black black kids. You know, yeah, black kids, black, black people listen to, to the lyrics of hip-hop and all that stuff, but you know what? They're not really buying it. They're not purchasing the CDs. They're not purchasing the singles. You know, they bootlegging it. They getting it from their cousin who got the, you know, the cousin got it from somebody else. But they're not purchasing it, you know. These kids, the white kids, they're purchasing this music. They're, not only are they purchasing it, but, you know, they're taking it in. They're trying to be included in this, uh, in the the type of uh, ideology that is promoted by the music, the the hip hop theme, the hip hop ideal. You know, they feel they're a part of that. So saying the N word shouldn't be offensive because it's in the stuff that they listen to. Now, saying that the way they said that, it's a chance. I'm in a fraternity, and we have chants that we say all the time when we get together. You know, we're about to do a step or something like that, and we just hanging around with the bros, they'll kick off a song, kick off a chant that every member of the fraternity should know. So I could go to a fraternity at Grambling, where I play, you know, I didn't play the group, but I played at Arkansas. But I could go to the fraternity in, in Grambling, nine times out of ten, the same chant that I learned in Arkansas is going to be said in Grambling. The same chant that I said in Grambling would more than likely be said by another university that is, you know, affiliated with that fraternity. So what I'm saying is that this ain't something new. This is something that they made up. You know, this is a chant. 
and these brothers, those brothers, those white brothers who were saying that, it was something they learned. They probably picked it up as pledges. You know, this, this, <laughs> so I'm not mad at them. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the university acted swiftly. I'm glad that the, I'm glad that the uh, fraternity acted swiftly because it was stupid to be recorded. But when you're in college, part of your education is to do stupid stuff and learn from it. But, it, you know, when I was in college 20 years ago, <laughs> this technology wasn't there. You didn't have video cameras. You didn't have, unless you had them big old handheld recorders, video cameras, you ain't getting nothing. And then the only time you won't get caught on camera is if you wanted to be caught on camera. But now, you know, you have to be careful with everything because everything is being recorded. And they can catch up with everything. Uh, so what am I saying? I I, I don't think these bro- those guys were racist. I, I know they're not racist. They're dumb. But I doubt if they're racist. What they are is part of a community of people who are white, non-black, non-Hispanic, who still hold this idea of their privilege, who still hold to this idea that they... You know, they are above everything and everybody. And something as simple as a little chant is irrelevant because it's just a part of their culture. And I'm not speaking about the white culture. I'm talking about, you know, particularly for that fraternity. It was a part of their fraternity culture. It wasn't anything new. These guys didn't just make that up. And if they did make it up, they're dumb. But anyway, I digress. We're going to take uh, take a quick break, and on uh, the back side of the break, we'll get into our topic today. Uh, who runs the church? <laughs> Women as the secret weapon at the church, and I definitely want to hear your thoughts on that. I want to hear. Uh, I, I don't just want it to be talking about women and ministry. We don't talk about that, but you know, I, I don't want it just to be about that. So we'll be back right after this break. You know, funerals, weddings, and anniversaries all have one thing in common. They all have programs. That's right. If you go to a funeral, you go to a wedding, you're going to have a program that you're going to follow. And all those programs need to be printed somewhere. So if you have a program that needs to be printed, DS Printing has got you covered. Yeah, DS Printing specializes in all kinds of printing, 
from campaign signs, business promotions, church bulletins, and even plaques. They can do it all. And I know from experience because I use DS, I use DS printing all the time for printing regarding to my church. We, she, uh, Shanika Harrison, who is the owner, makes every sure make sure every customer is pleased with the final results. That's why I use DS printing because I know the quality of their work, and I want to recommend recommend them to you. So, if you're in the Mississippi area, she covers everywhere. But if you're in Mississippi area, you want to give them. A call DS Printing. Call them at three three six zero one three three one five six zero three. You can call them for all your printing need, and I'm telling you, you you can do it. And when you do call, tell them you heard from Pastor Neil. You might get you a nice little discount. At Farmers, we make you smarter about insurance because what you don't know can hurt you. What if you didn't know that posting your travel plans online may attract burglars? Off to Hawaii. <laughs> What if you didn't know that as the price of gold rises, so should the coverage on your jewelry? Ah. What if you didn't know that kitty litter can help you out of a slippery situation? The more you know, the better you can plan for what's ahead. Talk to farmers and get smarter about your insurance. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, I'm part of a place where I'm always challenged to do more. I am a part of a place where I can be involved. I'm a part of a place where everything is possible. I'm part of a place where champions are made. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, you can get an affordable education with competitive degree offerings, diverse student population, and stellar faculty. Become part of a place where you can get everything you need to succeed. Become a part of the pride at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. Welcome back to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and I'm glad that you joined us again. If you missed earlier, we did have some technical difficulties, but I'm glad that, you know, there's always a backup plan. you, you got to have a backup plan when stuff goes wrong. And so, <laughs> well, you know, we're having to do it the old-fashioned way by telephone, but, hey, we're still on the air, and we're still talking and we want to hear from you because we're talking about something that if you're black and in your church, you go to church, you can definitely relate to because there's women in your church. You didn't know that? Wow, yes. You have women in your church. And guess what? Your woman, the woman may not be a pastor, but I guarantee you women run the church. <laughs> That's what we're talking about today. Who runs the church? Women. The secret weapon of the black church. Now, I know a lot of people probably are saying, well, Pastor Neil, we know that women run the church. We know that there are a lot of women in the church, but we still don't believe that women should have leadership positions in the church. Uh, you know, we don't believe in women preachers. I'm not talking about women preachers. We had that discussion last week. You can come back in. And we, you know, uh, Dr. Tanisha, uh, Tanisha 
Drennan and I discussed about women in ministry uh, last week. So you can catch part of that broadcast, archive show, and uh, listen to our discussion about that. But what I'm talking about is it's twofold. Why is it that black churches are full of women, and yet they are seemingly more oppressed in the black church than anywhere else? How can a church function without a woman? Black churches, and, and it's probably a statistic for all churches, but women make up about 85% of the population of your average church. If your church has 100 members, 75, 85 members will be women. The other 15 will be men and boys, and, you know, children, you know, men and children. And, and I know there's a very broad generalization, but that's, you know, I'm not giving statistics. Uh, I, I have done research, but, you know, I'm not trying to give statistics and facts. I'm not trying to be the academic this morning. I'm just I'm just trying to kind of stretch your brain a little bit, make you ponder something. If women make up the majority of the church, why are they still treated as second-class citizens in the church? Well, what do you mean, second-class citizens? Okay. Now, <laughs> if you've been, <laughs> I grew up in the church, and and I saw a lot of women doing a lot of stuff in the church that weren't being recognized for. Okay. Now you had your Women's Day, and for example, at my church, Women's Day is is we have a Men's Day and we have a Women's Day. They're not. <laughs> it's so bad that they're months apart, you know. Some churches do men and women's day, but in my church, you know, the men have theirs in February, the women have theirs in August, and it's a competition. <laughs> when I say it's a competition, it's a competition. Not as much as it used to be, but at one time, you know, it was men pitted against the women, and of course, we men always we fell short. I'm not gonna say we didn't, we we lost, but we fell short. <laughs> Because the women, you know, the greater sphere of influence comes from women. And yet, there's still this issue with women serving in leadership. By leadership, I'm not talking about just pastors, you know, bishops or anything like that. Because as we progress, we're seeing more of those roles happen. My argument, my argument for women in leadership has always been the same thing. There are more women in the church, and it's not, it's not unlikely for women to begin to take on greater responsibility in the church. However, it still seems like uh, women are still just relegated to the back. Now think about this. When I say that uh, women are oppressed in the church, let's look how... Men uh, interpret scripture to relegate women to lesser roles. And I already know that you're going to be saying, uh, you know, Paul wrote that the women should be silent in the church. Uh, then Paul writes that, you know, uh, women should should not teach or usurp authority over, over men. And all kinds of things. And, you know, 
I, I, I'm not even bothering to argue against that because uh, I, I've come to discover that we are picky when it comes to scriptures. We pick and choose the scriptures we want to use to argue vari- uh, various points. And those preachers who use that those scriptures never really fully investigate the full context of of any of it. <laughs> so I, you know, I just I look at that. But let's explore. Let's just explore Paul's interaction with women in ministry during uh, the first century. We know about Phoebe, and if you read Phoebe, you find her story uh, in. Um, 1 Corinthians 3, I think it is. Uh, I, I want to say about 3, verse 4 or 5, somewhere in there. But uh, Phoebe is, uh, Paul uh, identifies her as a minister or as a deacon in some capacity, as a, as a, as a minister in the church. Okay? Uh, and it's used in the Mac when you go to. When you actually look at that score, that word in in the original uh, language, it's it's masculine gender, uh, so it's masculine form, and it's it's the it, it is the same word that is used when Paul Paul talks about uh, Apollos and himself. So it's the same word that's used, and I want to say I I I think it's a safe stretch um, to say it is the same one that's used in. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me, First Timothy, uh, chapter four, uh, verse. Let me look that up real quick. First Timothy four and six. That's what it is. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, those are pretty much they're similar, uh, similar words. Okay. So from this perspective, it is as if Paul is making no distinction between uh, male and female ministers. Now, you know, there may be some argument there, but Paul uses the same words or uh, the the transliteration of the word in this particular chapter is is similar, okay? But Paul does state that uh, she was a great assistance to him. Paul does say that she helped him a lot, okay? That she was carrying his letters to the church in Rome. She was doing all these things. So um, it's clear that that she was just his secretary, if you understand what I'm saying. Okay? And then you think about Priscilla and Aquila, uh, the team, the tag team ministry, husband and wife. And Paul, again, does not differentiate between her role and her husband's role. They shared in ministry, and they shared in leadership position of some sort. Now, it's not clear how they served or how she served, but it was clear that Paul recognized that she was in due recognition, the same as her husband. Okay. Now, when you fast forward to the 21st century church, the 21st century church is dominated by women. And even though there are women being allowed to, to preach and allow to pastor, what you find is that in those churches where the women have a greater leadership role, it seems to emasculate men. You seem to have some men who, you know, 
they they seem a little more emasculated, and I I wondered that for a long time. I was I used to go to these churches where uh, these were non-denominational churches where women were in leadership, the pastors or something, and all uh, the ministerial staff were women, and the one man who was in the church or the one man who held some type of leadership function was a deacon, you know. And I wondered about that. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> okay. So what was that? And then I came to find out that these women were, they were doing reverse oppression. By reverse oppression is that they came out of a church where they, their roles were limited or non-existent. And so as a result of them being called to ministry, what they experienced as women, they began to to uh, put out on the men. So it was a reverse oppression. They now had the means and the ways of showing that they were in charge. And they carried it out in the men, and the men had no, you know, even though the men were literally financially supporting because uh, in one case the woman uh, had no job. She was the pastor. She could sing. She could do all that. Uh, but her husband was well off, was gainfully employed, and he, you know, he tithed. <laughs> she had no income to tithe, but he tithed, and he supported the church. And it got to the point that he began to feel so bad that he left, and they ended up divorcing. And um, it's a sad thing. It, it was a sad occasion that that happened. But that was a result of the oppression that she felt in her uh, the other church. So... What does that mean? You know, uh, what does that mean when we say that women are oppressed in the church or women are not uh, being able to to share, fully share their gifts in the church? Should women even have to? You know, that's the kind of thing people are, you know. Like last week I got called out because I said uh, that men... We male pastors allow women in ministry, or in particular, I said that our church has been allowing women in ministry for the last two hundred years, and I, I, you know, I was corrected by that because the reality was God allowed is the one God is the one who calls, God is the one who equips, God is the one who sends. So we men have no real direct connection other than recognizing that. You know, Richard Allen recognized after being, you know, persuaded from Jorena Lee for so long that he had no choice. You know, he had to uh, he had to license this woman because the call of God was clear on her. The call of God was not only was it clear, but it was it was able to be, you know, articulated. She was able to articulate it. And he could not deny that. So he had to act. And when he acted, you know, he did change this, the scope of ministry for the African Methodist Episcopal Church, as well as the frontier ministry for women and frontier leadership for women. Now let's fast forward again to 21st century. I was listening to a sermon the other day. And I was listening online. 
uh, you know, in my spare time, I like, you know, watch YouTube videos of preachers. And this pastor was preaching, and I don't know whether his, because the clip started kind of like in the middle of the sermon, so I don't know what the initial premise of the sermon was, the argument was, but he began to do some serious women bashing, telling women where their place needs to be. And and uh, the way the clip was, and I'm not going to give away the, the name of the preacher. I probably should, but I'm not. And he was he was trying to condemn those women that he, he they were called thoughts, you know, we call thoughts, but the women of ill repute who are in the church, and because they are there, they're those women who come to church because they want to be predators to men, and they want men to prey on them, so they come looking to be found. Matter of fact. <laughs> Brothers have always been told You want to find a good woman Go to church So these women go to church And nine times out of ten They find they make a connection With someone And that man that they connect with Might be married Might be involved in another relationship Might be the pastor Might be any of that But anyway he caught uh, During this particular clip He was apparently trying to address those women and the congregation. But the way it came across was very oppressive, telling them they need to know their place, they need to do this and do that. And I was sitting there, and I'm thinking, my God, how could a woman sit there and listen to this, and it's really demeaning and disempowering them? It's not empowering them, but to hear the applause of the women as he said such, I was like, oh, my goodness, these women are, they're really crazy. <laughs> they're brainwashed. And then there's a clip that has gone viral last year regarding a um, very popular minister, uh, Dr. Jamal Bryant. And in a clip that he's talking about that was titled, You're Your Own Worst Enemy, in the clip he quoted a lyric from, what's that guy, singer, uh, these hoes ain't loyal, and it went viral. Okay, and it wasn't the it wasn't the men who reacted over joyously to hearing that phrase. It was the women. The women began to shout just hearing that phrase, and so the question went out throughout the internet, <coughs> throughout social media. Was what was wrong with this dude? You know what was wrong with him, and why were the women reacting the way that they did when he? It came across as if he was demeaning them. So those are the kind of questions that you know we we have to ask. Uh, why are why is there still seemingly a, an oppressive role for women in the church? And I'm going to let you ponder that while I take a break. And we're coming back and we'll get back a little bit more into that because there's some other questions that, some other things that uh, I think play into this that we might not be able to get discussed into discussion in or this, this show. We may have to do another show. But either way, it's something worth discussing. So we're going to take a break and be right back. 
need to make each month? That's the first question we'll ask when you decide to start your own home business through IncomeAtHome.com. As a success coach, I'm here to guide people like Karen, who needs to earn serious money from home. We were living payday to payday, and with four teenagers at home, we were worried. By the third month, I was banking more than $2,600. After only 18 months, I was consistently earning more than $7,000 a month. Now, it's a six-figure income, and I'm paying cash for college for four kids. We found our way out of rat race. Listen, this isn't selling soap or energy water to your friends. This is a real business bringing potential customers to your computer so you can earn money 24-7. IncomeAtHome.com is affiliated with a multi-billion dollar company and carries a triple A rating. So how much money do you need to earn each month from home? Visit IncomeAtHome.com right now for your chance to win $1,000. Hey, what are you doing today? I'm backing up the computer. Photos, work files, you name it. Lovely. See you in a few hours. Hmm. Did you get everything backed up? Took care of it. For just $59.99 a year, Carbonite backs up your irreplaceable files automatically, so you don't have to. Try it for free at Carbonite.com. Friends, there's nothing as soothing as having a sweet aroma penetrate all of your senses. Peacock, the newest candle fragrance by Heatcentric, is that aroma. Peacock is a vegan hand-poured candle that fills the room with a soothing aroma that everyone is guaranteed to enjoy. Peacock by Heatcentric is the fragrance developed by Lady Jocelyn Sanders that's designed to reflect the glory in everyday life. I guarantee you will not disappoint it when you order your candle today from Heatcentric. I have one at home and in my office, and I tell you, it's so good. It helps me relax at home, and it helps me concentrate and stay on task in the office. You need to order yours today by visiting LadySanders.com, and while they also pick up a copy of her book, The Encounter, I'm telling you, you will love both. Peacock by Heatcentric, reflecting the glory in everyday life. Welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. We're kicking it old school style. Yeah. Happy Wednesday to everybody. Um, we're glad that you're here. I want to put in the plug. If you're in the uh, Jackson Metro area, I want to take this opportunity to invite you down to come to Edwards, Mississippi for the 8th Episcopal District Mid-Year Convocation. It's a wonderful event hosted by our own presiding bishop, prelate, uh, Bishop Julius McAllister Sr. and Mother Joan McAllister, who is our Episcopal Supervisor. And it's a wonderful opportunity to have workshops, to have dialogue in the faith, and hear some downright good old preaching. And that will be taking place uh, beginning on tomorrow, Thursday, uh, March the... What's tomorrow? <laughs> Whatever tomorrow is, tomorrow, March the 12th, and it goes on to Saturday, March the 14th. <laughs> 
But anyway, you are invited to come out and participate and and share in this wonderful mid-year convocation for the AC Episcopal District of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. That's going to be held beginning on tomorrow, on through Saturday at our Bonner Campbell Religious Institute in Edwards, Mississippi. And if you need any information, information, just simply give me a call, uh, send me an email, and I'll give you more information about that. And if you're interested, hey, we got a lot of going on, and uh, you may want to be a part of that. But anyway, that's my plug. Also, putting the plug all again for Heatcentric. Uh, I, I got more candles from Heatcentric, and I'm just loving them. They're at the house. I don't have one in the office, but I got to get some more. And I'm telling you, they, she has. Uh, Lady Jocelyn Sanders has some new uh, scents that are coming out. She also has some other products. She has shirts, plus her book, The Encounter. You want to get it? I tell you, I just love Eccentrics. I love the candles. It's, it's it is just so soothing. But anyway, I digress. See, I put in a plug for two things at one time. Where else can you get that other than zero today? <laughs> but anyway. So we're on this last segment here, and we're talking about uh, who runs the church. Women as the secret weapon of the church, the black church in particular. And I'm going to tell you the truth. No black church would exist content, uh, right now. No black church would exist without a woman in the background leadership. But the question I have is, uh, what can we be what can be done to help create a more liberating role for women in the black church? And while we are allowed, while more women are coming forth and entering into ministry, and they are taking on the preacher role, yeah, that's that's one way. But it's still the women are still being suppressed. Their voices are still still being suppressed. The church is still functioning as a patriarch, patriarchal man on the top, lady on the bottom, kind of. Y'all can take that however you want to. <laughs> but that's the way it is still functioning in that capacity. So what can we do now as a modern church? I mean, if a shift in the way we, we uh, recognize women's role how would that affect the black church? Let me give you an example. We celebrated 50 years uh, on this past weekend, the 50th anniversary of Bloody Sunday, the march on the Selma Bridge from Montgomery, from Selma to Montgomery. And uh, the movie Selma came out, directed by a beautiful young black woman, and starring a wonderful, handsome, young black man as actors both played a role uh, in, in, in the revelation by the movie opened the greater narrative of the, the civil rights movement because what we saw were women taking leadership, women initiating the push, women doing the work. But who got recognized? If you were to look at it right now, up until, uh, for example, you had uh, Sister Nash, who was with the, uh, uh, what group was it? Was it SNCC or SE? I think it was SNCC. Uh, but she was recognized in the movie. But her name almost fell silent to history. Women 
drove the civil rights movement. They were the, pro, the main protagonist for Martin Luther King, for Ralph Abernathy, for many others, for Reverend Shuttlesworth. You think about Dorothy Height. You think about um, Ms. A.M.E. Logan. You think about, I think I saved her name right, uh, and, and Daisy Bates. My God, those women were instrumental. Yet, you know, uh, they were not as recognized as the male figures. And they were all, all very active and very engaged in church ministry. That's what they were doing. And yet, even today, we are seeing women who are being there to push behind a lot of the social movements, uh, be it uh, with abortion. You have Dr. Avita King, uh, who is Dr. Martin Luther King's niece, who is taking a leadership role in that. You have, um, man, there's so many others I can name. And not just Oprah, because, you know, Oprah can go on. <laughs> Oprah has her own church. <laughs> but, but in the midst of all of this, women are still that patriarchal system that we hold dear. And I'm talking, I'm including myself because I I wrestle with this. You know, you want to see women do more, but at the same time, you there's this there's this anxiety that that things will fall apart when they do. You know. I, we we know that that won't happen if we believe God is in control. So we have no reason to be afraid of anything happening anyway if we believe God is in control. But nonetheless, I digress. What can we be done? What can be done to have for women to have a more liberating role in the church? And is it enough just to recognize their gifts? You know, as pastors, as prophetesses, as teachers, is that enough to accomplish what? needs to be done to break down the barriers for women to have a greater recognizable role. Now, we know they lead the missionaries. We know they lead the outreach. We know they teach the Sunday school and the babies and all that stuff. But yet we still, and some of them still are, you know, it baffles me because most of the women who are being oppressed in churches Hold up the oppressive leaders. Don't talk about don't talk about God's anointed, you know, that kind of stuff. And they could be God's anointed could be whooping them upside the head, both physically and and you know literally, you know literally and and you know metaphorically. And yet they'll still support. I, I, that's just me. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I, I'd love to see. You know, maybe you can help bring more insight, and, and I'd love to hear that. So uh, if you don't give a call, that's not a, not a problem. But, you know, send me an email. Let me know. Pastor Neil, you, you're, 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 you're saying some of the right things, but there needs to be a little more. That's done. And I'm not talking about, you know, let's not get anarchical. <laughs> I'm not talking about overthrowing leadership and, you know, women just taking over everything. I'm, I'm not talking about that, no. But I'm... I, what I am suggesting is that as men, we find a way, and I'm saying this wrong probably, but we, I don't even know how to say it without using the word allow, and I was 
<laughs> almost strictly prohibited from using that word allow last week. <laughs> but but we find a way to fully integrate women into ministry, women into leadership, women, and give them the due, you know, respect and honor their authority. Because again, they're they're uh, in most churches, the women's ministry is on fleek. I used that word right. I used it right. <laughs> I did use it right. <laughs> now, in most cases, the women's ministry are are, are doing uh, things that men's ministry are not doing, and, and that could be several things. You know, it it it, it means you know. Uh, I don't know, you know, they always having something going on with women's fellowship. There's this one church that he's an offering. <laughs> uh um uh no, I ain't even gonna go there. I was gonna say some women some women's ministry offering pole dancing classes. But there was a church that was doing that. There was a church you know. But I'm running out of time and I just wanted I I'd love to give you insight. Maybe I should come back and have a uh another woman guest on here to have this dialogue in a fully a more full dialogue uh about this subject cuz it's not going to go away. Um, where we have more liberal uh churches that are allowing for such and I saw that went to a funeral and I saw uh four went three women in the pulpit and the pastor and this is a traditional Baptist church and the pastor acknowledged both of them as his assistants. I was like, you know, didn't hear that when I was growing up. <laughs> Not in the Baptist church. And, of course, in, in, our, in our design, you know, we, we are fully integrated. We do have women in leadership roles, bishops, presiding elders, and pastors and leading churches. Um, but still, at the local level, in the local church, what can be done? Or does anything need to be done? Am I just rambling? Just rambling just to, because I feel uncomfortable with it? I, you know, those things I like to know. So anyway. Uh, we're running out of time, and I want to thank you all for listening. You know, the last five years that we've been doing this show has been phenomenal, and I just thank you for your support. Uh, there will be some things that we come in. I said it before. If you want to support this show, we gladly, uh, we are glad for you to support however you choose to do so. You can go to uh, LorenzoTNeal.com, and we're going to develop another web page for specifically for the show. But you can uh, click there, and you find ways how you can donate to help make this show function, you know, we do a good job, I think, and if you are blessed by it, then, you know, help us out a little bit. Also, if you miss any our, any show, you can you can go to uh, Zero Today, uh, blacktalkradio.com slash Zero Today, and you can see all the archive shows all the way back to 2010, and uh, also you can get them on your iTunes, uh, I, I, Apple <laughs> Podcast, <laughs> you can do it that way. But anyway, you can catch up on any topic. If you have a, uh, uh, a suggestion of a topic that we could do, you know, we love to hear that also. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down for it. But anyway, we run out of time, and um, we'll be back as the Lord wills next week for another exciting show uh, on Zero Today. And we want to invite you to tune in, as always, share what you have, share what you don't have, whatever it is you want to do. We're glad to accept it. And we're glad. So this is Pastor Renzo Neal. I'm tuning out. Good wishes to everyone. And the Lord keep you again. We'll be back next week. God bless you.